This is a podcast about our lived experience, which unfortunately includes infant death and subsequent mental health struggles. Please take good care of yourself and only listen if this content feels safe for you right now. We'll still be here when you're ready. Hi, I'm Judith. And I'm Melina. We are internet friends turned real life friends who both experienced the tragic loss of our sons to sudden infant death syndrome in winter of 2021. In the year after Aiden died, my husband and I both became unemployed, my parents divorced, and we had to move five times for various reasons. And as for me, just a few weeks before my son Quinn died, my then husband had come out to me as a transgender woman and were subsequently divorcing. It's been a lot. (laughs) It's been a lot. (laughs) (laughs) But as long as we're living, we will love our sons deeply and work to make sure that we live a life that makes them proud. Welcome to As Long As I'm Living podcast. We're so glad you're here. Hi. Hi, what are we recording? What's I recording? Oh, I want to record about my meeting with Dr. Goldstein on Wednesday. Oh, yes. I had two meetings this week scheduled. I had the meeting with Dr. Goldstein on Wednesday, and then this morning we went to go tour a school um, for next year. A school? For your daughter? Yeah, like a... I don't know what it is. Like a school. I don't know. I don't know if it's like a daycare or a preschool. I don't know what preschool is. I don't really understand. Like what's preschool? What's day school, daycare? Like what, what do I don't really know what kids go to, but that whatever kids I, go to. I don't know either. I know. I don't. Yeah. So that, and, um, and I, in my head had thought like, Oh, that's going to be the fun one. And then I'll have like the hard one on Wednesday. But it was so hard and it came out of nowhere and I like left the stupid tour sobbing and it was pretty unpleasant, like the entire thing from start to finish. Tell me more. Tell me why. Well, it just is sad, you know, like they're like, I don't know. It was just sad. Like they take you around to like all these classrooms with all these like live kids and like, I don't know. I don't know. It was really sad. And then they're like, oh, let's go visit the twos class. And they're like, oh, well, the twos class is all boys this year. And she's like, isn't that funny? Like, it just worked out that way that we had all boys. So we have like an all boys twos class. And mm-hmm. and then the twos class was like, I don't know what they were doing. They were like singing songs or maybe they were like working on an art project. I don't really know. It's they're- just one of those times where you can kind of see what things should have what been, would have been yeah. what should have been yeah and then like they spent a long time talking about like oh when the kids are with us until they're five or i, I don't know it just made me so sad like profoundly sad it made me sad like looking at the books and looking at the recycling projects and looking at the arts and crafts and i don't know i really was not expecting it to be as triggering as it was but it's just a whole world and and then also part of it is just like a milestone for me i guess like it felt very much so something i should know how to do because i am a parent um but i had no idea what to do like i didn't know what questions to ask like i I kept saying like i don't know what to ask but i'm sure whatever you guys do is fine (laughs) like i don't care (laughs) what they do like are they alive? Are they breathing? Are they healthy? Okay. You're like, tell me about the safe sleep for naps. 
<laughs> yeah, well, actually, I asked, I did ask a lot of questions about the naps, but not even like, I don't, I don't know how to say, I don't care. You have, I don't care yeah. about the stuff that most parents You're like, care. listen, I'm sure the curriculum you guys have set up is yeah. really wonderful and goes with all the pediatrician wonderful. guidelines. You're like, but are all your kids alive? Okay. Uh, yeah, yes. Exactly. Then fantastic. Yeah. Let them play with blocks. Let, let them read do. books. I don't give a shit. And it was just, the whole thing was like really triggering because I didn't know how to explain to her, like, the PTSD. And she knows that Aiden died, but I don't know how to explain, like, how I'm just worried that I won't be able to get in touch with you. And then, like, I think everyone's dead. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. The whole time, I spent, like, a lot of time, like, asking questions about how you can get in touch with them in the middle of the day. (laughs) I I don't even know. I, I It was part of, like, okay, it was also... Um, it was so sad. I think part of it is like in my head, Aiden has all these like little friends in his class. Mm-hmm. Like I imagine them having a class, like a class yeah. of Quinn and Ari and Sammy. Like in my head, like all these kids are that are around the same age as yeah. Aiden. I mean, they're all dead, but they're still yeah, all in the same. They have their friends. And to yeah. see, yeah, he has friends. And then I'm. It's like one of those things where it's like, oh, like I found beauty, I found meaning and loss. And then you go to like this classroom, and the kids like are actually friends in real life, and you're like, oh, yeah, oh, that sucks. Yeah, it's a consolation prize. Yeah, they get like real friends. Yeah, your daughter's gonna get real friends, real friends, real yeah. little activity, real preschool, real not preschool, our sad little preschool where not our sad little preschool, a dead baby preschool, preschool in the sky where they have like a whole philosophy of bullshit. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how much of this is real. I don't even care. What the, I literally said, like, what do they do all day? <laughs> <laughs> That what do they do? She was like explaining to me about how like they follow the kids' interests and whatever. I was like, what interests? I mean, the kids. Okay, so that's one meeting that was horrible. And then I just feel like part of it is like in stark contrast to this meeting I have on Wednesday, which is actually why I wanted to record today, which is that I have my meeting with the Roberts program on Wednesday. Mm-hmm. And last time, I feel like we didn't really speak to everyone about what you were feeling going into the meeting. We just spoke to everyone about what the meeting was and the outcomes. Mm-hmm. So yeah, let's prep for it. Although before we do that, let me also say, like I, I've been having, you were just talking about something that kind of feels like a consolation prize, right? We already did an episode about consolation prizes. Yeah. <clears throat> and we don't need to necessarily talk about this right now, but just something that I've been feeling this week is like, I've been feeling a lot of joy and exciting things happening in my personal life, but it has been feeling also really challenging because we've been having conversations about like what our timeline is for having kids. And, you know, that's very real, really on the horizon now for me at some point. Um, But it's also just this joy I feel now, it keeps being tempered with the fact that like I am, literally just spending month after month not with a living child like I just feel yeah. like I'm like wasting away years as a as a non-parent and I know blah 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 I am a parent Blah. I have a kid I'm a mom whatever I just I can't help but like zoom out and look at like me on my deathbed and 
just see how many fewer years I got to parent than I wanted to. I've been thinking about that a lot recently. Yeah. Like I've been wanting to have a kid since I was 28. I mean, I've wanted a kid my whole life. I've wanted to be a mom my whole life, but I've been like actively working on having a baby since I was 28 and I'm 32 now. And actually since I was 27, we started just before I turned 28. And now, you know, in the interim, I, tried to get pregnant for a year, got pregnant, carried a pregnancy, had a newborn, the newborn died. I got divorced. Like a lot of stuff has happened. It makes sense that I don't have a baby in my arms, but it, it, I just like, if this had gone the way I wanted it to, and it goes yeah. the way most people want them to, like, like most people don't have to deal with infertility and definitely most people don't have to deal with infant loss. And definitely, definitely most people don't deal with the sudden end of a marriage after an infant loss. Yes. Um, but if none of that stuff had happened, like I would have like a four-year-old and a one-year-old probably. And I have nobody, no kid, no kids at all. And yeah. And it's not So fair. it's sad. It That's sad. all. It is sad and it's not fair. And, you know, I actually really do think that sometimes the joy when you feel joy, it can sometimes also bring up with it a lot of the grief. I think that's common. So I'm not surprised that in this time that is exciting and joyful and my relationship is going well, that I'm also just feeling everything that I lost. Yeah. <sighs> anyway, it's just sad. That is sad. Did I tell you that I saw a video of Quinn the other day? Where did you see a video of Quinn the other day? Um, I was looking up videos of something randomly. I don't remember what. And I was like looking at videos of Aiden and then somewhere in between a video of Quinn popped up and it took me what? a couple seconds to realize who it was. I was like, that doesn't look like Aiden. Wait, where, <laughs> where was it? Was it in Canva Wait. maybe? What? Maybe in Canva? Where would that have been? No, I think it was like in my WhatsApp. Like, I think you probably had sent it to me, oh. but it got all jumbled together with the videos <laughs> of Aiden. And so I was like watching videos of Aiden and then a video of another baby came up and I was like, oh, wow, who's that? And then like, I was oh, like, it's Quinn. That's yeah. so funny. He just wanted to say hi to his Aunt Judith. I think he did. Oh, wait, I forgot to tell you this. Yesterday, I was, I'm feeling kind of bummed about like um, my son being dead. And I, <laughs> you know how it is. You know how it is. And I asked him for a sign yesterday, mm-hmm. which I don't often do, nor do I frequently get signs anymore. But then today, when I went in the fucking two-year-old's class, mm-hmm. they're like, "This, these are the teachers," and the teacher's name was Aiden of the two's class. Oh, I love that. I know. So I got a little, a little wink. A little and bit. then I started crying. Of course. But I had to fake it that I wasn't. Anyway. Anyway. Let's talk about um, <laughs> the meeting on Wednesday. Okay. So I, I don't think I'm going to get any meaningful information. Yeah. So like to back up. So for our listeners, both of our, qui- our, our quids died of SIDS. Both of our kids died of SIDS. Um, Quinn died in January 2021. Um, Judith's son Aiden died in March 2021. The circumstances were very similar between the losses. Mm-hmm. They were both on their back. They had no blankets in the crib. 
they were both, you know, essentially full-term deliveries. Like they really didn't have any risk factors. They just, it just happens. We had followed all the guidance and they just happened to die, which happens. Um, So both of us individually, before we had even met each other, reached out to this a program called the Roberts program at Boston Children's Hospital. In Massachusetts. And at the time they had told me it would take about nine months. <laughs> so the essence of what this program does is um, for free, they will basically do a second pass investigation of your child's death from SIDS. So they look at the autopsy again, they'll do additional blood work, additional brain scans, like blah, blah, blah. They also will review, um, like your obstetrician records, the police records, if, you know, there was, was police involvement in the, in the death. Um, and then they also have bereavement support for parents. And um, essentially the, the, the goals are twofold. One is to support parents as they are grieving the loss of their child. Threefold. One is support of, of existing grief parents. Two is to try to figure out what is going on with any individual SIDS case and the third thing is that this is a longitudinal study. So they're like collecting additional data in the hopes that they can find more information. Like, I don't know if maybe you guys all saw back in May, there was a big, big press release about butyl cholinesterase, which is a particular biomarker for SIDS that researchers like, you know, Dr. Goldstein and the Roberts program discovered. So they're doing this longitudinal research. But what Judith is talking about, that was rambly, is Aiden's specific case. So... Judith has her appointment on Wednesday of this week to go over what are Aiden's results. So they're going to say either this is what we found, this is what caused it, or they're going to say we don't freaking know. And Alina, you had your results meeting. Um, I did. You can hear more about it in the episode called Answers and Questions. Answers Answers and Questions. Mm -hmm. Um, You had your meeting back in August. Mm -hmm. And... So I've been waiting a really long time, and I, but I was telling my husband this morning about it. We had a conversation about it, and I had said something like, this feels like the f- last step of the first step we ever took. Mm-hmm. I remember when Aiden first died, I found out about this maybe 10 days later. I reached out to them for the first time, 11 days Mm-hmm. later and I had our like initial interviews and at the time I remember just thinking like this is the most important thing that is going to go on like I need to get to the bottom of what happened yes. I need to understand it and now two years later I cannot tell you how inconsequential this meeting <laughs> is like for the actual day-to-day of my life I mean it's it's consequential in more for the fact that I've, I've been working towards it for two years but like less so in the fact that I think it's going to give me any real answers. And if it does, I'm not sure how it's going to change anything. But I remember when I found them, I was like, this is what I need. I need to know why this happened. Um, so it very much so feels like the closing of a chapter. It, it is the like- end of an era in a way. It's like, It kind of is. Yeah. How do you it's feel sad. about saying goodbye to that era? Yeah. It's like sad because it's something to do for him. Yeah. It's something that I get to do for him. And there's so little that I get to do for him that every small little thing, mm-hmm. every little study or every little meeting or every time I like fought to get the autopsy records was something I can do. And now this is the end. After this, like that chapter is really closed. He just really died. He's not coming back. And there's nothing to really be done other yeah. than to just kind of accept that. And so, like, you could find out that, yes, there was something wrong. 
here's what it is. That was the result I got was that, yes, there was something wrong. And I've um, actually, the, of the people I know who've had the meetings, they've all gotten a diagnosis. They've all gotten something. Mm-hmm. But there is a very good possibility that you are going to go into this meeting and they're going to say, hey, we didn't find anything. My gut tells me that they're not going to find anything. I, my gut is also telling me that they're not going to find anything. Not I think they would have rushed it faster. Like, I really think that they, they seem a little bit like, well, we did our best and, you know, they just don't have anything. I agree. Which, I also but think again, that- like, I don't even know that that really matters. Is the thing. Like, I think in the beginning that would have distressed me to think, like, that maybe I would never have an answer. But, like, you're saying at this point, it's like, it's just a thing we're doing now to parent him. And it's less critical that we find out. I think so. And the reason why I think I'm not going to find anything is because, like, I think statistically, uh, they, like, 70% of the times they don't know what happened. Mm -hmm. The odds are that they're not going to know what happened. And because I know so many people who did get a diagnosis, it makes me think that like, what is the odds that all of us are in the 30%? Like, it just seems weird to me. Yeah. There's got to be people in the 70%. Yeah. Um, And I I just feel like that's going to be me. Yeah. I'm looking forward to hearing what, whatever they have to say. The fact that they had, the fact that I had these like two big meetings, like the same week, like back to back, like mm-hmm. for my daughter, I went to check out where I'm sending her for preschool in the fall. And then for my son, I'm figuring out why he died, like to have them so close together, both of them. Um, one is like really a milestone, like into the future. And one just feels like such a ending of a book. You know, I mean, and also one, one of them is so, one of them is so aggressively normal mm-hmm. and the other one is so aggressively abnormal too. Yeah. Right. Like how routine to look at mm-hmm. your kid's new school. Like that's just like what parents do. But the yeah. thing is, I think like people outside of this community wouldn't know, but like what bereaved parents do is we investigate, right? Like yeah. this is what bereaved parents do. Yeah. Um, And it feels just like weird that you're parenting your kids the same week, giving them each what they need. And for one of them, it's something so mundane and beautiful and exciting. And the other one is so big and scary and non inconsequential, quite frankly, because he's already dead, but it's just what you're doing. I remember a little piece of my brain completely irrationally thinking like, if I can figure out why he died, I can bring him back. Like, obviously it makes no sense. Obviously I can't, but there's just that, there was a little like piece that was in denial that was like, Oh, we could just figure this out. I can go back in time and make it not happen. Um, so I feel like even though it's been two years and like, obviously it's not coming back. I definitely kind of feel like I have to face the fact that there's really nothing I can do. Yeah. So I will give everyone an update after I'm 99% sure the update's going to go that they couldn't find anything, but I've been wrong many times before. Maybe they did find something and maybe I'll have feelings about it. Like for you, it was this huge life-changing meeting. For me, I feel like it's not going to be, but um, if, should we find out anything? I will guys know. So today is Friday. I had my meeting with the uh, Roberts program on Wednesday. Um, so where should we start? Where should we start? I think we should just like kind of lay out what happened. So I went to my meeting and, um, they basically said, we kind of, like they said to you, like we 
did a thorough assessment. We looked at, they used all these science words, but basically like his neuropathology, whatever that means. I think maybe like brain slides. They looked at all the science words. Yeah, they looked at his autopsy. They looked at his whatever the port of police report. They looked at my um, maternity maternity records. They looked at um, his newborn tests. Like they looked at everything. They looked at all the science, every piece of data that was available. He's like, we did a thorough research. Con- we conducted thorough research into everyone. And we determined that we can't determine what happened. They basically don't know. And the way he said it was like, we, you know, there was this one thing that was kind of like a, fl- a red flag, but then we like investigated that and we determined that was not an issue. <laughs> so they kind of like went down this rabbit hole for a little bit of things that it might've been, but it was not. Um, and, and then just to like remind our listeners, this is like the opposite of what happened with my appointment. My appointment with the Roberts program when they were explaining what happened with Quinn was like, oh, we know exactly what happened, essentially. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, a little bit complicated science, but they had an answer for me. Yeah. And whereas Judith did not have an answer. And then, I, you know, we kind of sat there quietly for a minute. And I said something like, so he just died. And they said, no, <laughs> they said he did not just die. Babies don't just die. Like something is wrong. We just don't know what was wrong. So he died of something. We just don't know if that something is. Um, I think that the, there was definitely like a feeling in the air, like of, I don't know how to describe it. Like it was sad that the, in the air was sadness. I think because, I don't know. It was just like kind of like disappointing news, I guess, but it was also yeah. like good news. It was very good news that there was nothing genetically wrong. There was very good news. They reiterated again that he didn't suffer or struggle. Um, like all of that was really good news, but it's kind of like you get the best case scenario. But, but he's still dead. But he's still dead. Yeah. Is the thing. So I, no matter I, I, what. I'm trying to think of like a good analogy, but it's like kind of like it's kind of like if you get straight A's on your report card, but then like you can't find a job. It's like great, I'm really glad that you got straight A's and like you're really good at school. But like if you can't get a job and like no one will hire you, it doesn't really make a difference that you got. I think about that all the time. Like I had like a really good GPA in college, and it makes literally no difference. But that's to the other point. And then I didn't have a good GPA in high school and it didn't, and like, it didn't really matter. My point is do whatever you want in high school and college because it doesn't make a difference. But is also, that really your point? I think you've gone no, a little bit I don't think that's my point, but I do think my point is just that like, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day. For us, the news was good news, but it didn't feel like good news. It felt still bad. And the right. way I described it, to doctor to my therapist when I spoke to her briefly after it felt kind of like there was an earthquake and everything is going to land in the exact same spot that it was a second ago it's not going to move but it's still an earthquake nothing really changed um I think I just realized that he's you know I like I told you earlier like this felt like something that I could do when he died and it definitely felt sad that this is the last thing I'm really going to do for him even being in a meeting and hearing someone say his name, like felt really good and refreshing in a way that I hadn't 
in a long time. Like someone be like, and we're here yeah. and talk about Aiden. It felt like exciting, yeah. a little thrilling to be like, oh, my other kid gets appointments all the time. Like this is really yeah. exciting. Yeah, I mean, we both we both think of Dr. Goldstein as our kid's pediatrician. And so it's like, yeah. you get an appointment with your dad, with your kid's pediatrician. Like, how it felt good. Your dad? <laughs> like, that weird, felt but... really good. Um, so yeah, so that's, that was that. And since we got, and then after we got the news, we went out for margaritas and, and drank. That was what we did. I love that for you. <laughs> uh, yeah. I think that not having answers for a long time felt kind of settling in a way that I bringing it all up gets me a little angry a little bit. Like I definitely feel a little more anger and frustration that like, well, nothing was wrong. So yeah. well, something was wrong, but we don't know what was wrong. Um, definitely some of those like feelings that I had when he first died came back up again where I was like, well, then I didn't miss anything. Nothing. There was nothing. I didn't miss anything. There's nothing I could have done differently. He was just going to die. I think for me, that's really hard sometimes, um, to accept. And then sometimes I'm kind of at peace with it. So it really kind of just kind of brought up some of those feelings. And then you would have liked to have gotten this news before your daughter was born. Uh, yeah, I would have. I really would have liked to get this news. I think it would have been more consequential if I'd gotten it before my daughter was born. I would have felt really... Even though the answer was there was nothing and it could just be that she could die. Yeah, and I actually asked him. I said, well, for future children, if we have future kids, where do they fall on the risk factor? Like, would you do advanced testing? Because for my daughter, we did advanced testing for like heart stuff and whatever. And he said, you have a higher risk than someone who didn't have sudden death in their family, but not the highest risk of people who it's been proven that it was caused by a genetic factor. So he's like, I would still have extra testing done. He's like, maybe not as invasive, but I would still have extra testing done just because this is in your family history. And it made me think about this, like, you know, for my daughter, when she grows up, I, and she has her own kids, I would probably encourage her also to have extra testing just because she has a family history of sudden death and we don't know what it is. So it, it could be something in there. So, yeah, I don't know. I think my husband felt a little more reassured than I did because he's a science person and, like, he understands, like, what it means if you have, like, a full genome screening and, like, what that actually means. I don't really fully understand what all the – like, I I don't 100% understand it, but I do think it's good news. And I – overall, it's good news, but good news about bad news. And so it just kind of feels, like, flat. I feel kind of, like, deflated about the whole thing. I think that's Um, what I can call this episode is good news about bad news. (laughs) Yeah, good news about bad news. And actually, on that note, I think it's time for me to share with my listeners, with our listeners, that I have been cleared by my cardiologist, and I'm not going to Yeah, die. so Lena probably won't die suddenly, unless she gets I into a car crash. I probably won't. Yeah, my, um, all of my, I've been undergoing tests on my heart for five months, September, October, November, December, January, February, six months. Oh, Jesus Christ. And um, all of them have come back essentially normal. There's like a couple of little weird things, but the kind of weird thing that's just benign and nobody's concerned about. And so I've been cleared to exercise and just live a normal life, like cleared for pregnancy again eventually when the time comes. And it's like, it's like good news about bad news, right? Because like, obviously, I wish I didn't have this gene that killed potentially killed my son in my genome and I am still going to do IVF to select it out for the rest of my kids, but it is good news that I'm not going to die. 
that feels good. I mean, that's really that good news for me. Good. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know how to edit. So the podcast would essentially die with Alina. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I could learn. I could learn, but I really don't want to. To all of our wonderful new friends, we want to hear from you. Email us at as long as I'm living podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram at as long as I'm living podcast. We'll get back to you as soon as our grieving brains allow. <laughs>